Hi, Ryan. Hey, Brian. <laughs> I almost said Ryan there. Oh, yeah. Um, so you notice we've got the table and stools, which immediately sets a different tone, right? So just automatically you know it's going to be a little different. We had the cajon as well, which kind of helped set the tone earlier. So. Um, so we actually wanted to do just a little bit of a different service tonight, a little bit of a more of a discussion. Um, for those that weren't with us last year, we went through this giant series, which is on the TV, called The One Series, where we went through every book of the Old Testament. And it took, like, basically the entire year. We started in, like, January, and we ended, like, right before Advent, and then we did Christmas. And, um, yeah, Ryan and I were just kind of chatting, and it was like, man, like, we went through so much content. Like, obviously, the Old Testament is a big chunk of scriptures, and then it just kind of, like, and it sort of ended. And, um, yeah, we just felt like a recap would kind of be helpful. We actually, my family and I, we went to the East Coast last year, and we saw, like, a huge amount of Canada in 10 days. And on the way back, it was like, man, like, we saw Quebec City, and we saw Montreal, we saw Halifax, we saw Peggy's Cove, we saw PEA, we saw all this stuff. And it was like, it was just so quick. And so I was, like, asking my kids, like, so what stood out to you? You know, trying to do, like, a bit of a recap. You know, like that memory science where it's like if you hear it a couple of times, it sticks in a little better. So that's essentially what we kind of wanted to do tonight, is just kind of have like a bit of a discussion about some of the lessons that we learned from the one series. And uh, yeah, that's essentially the plan, is we want to have it as a, as a discussion. Are you starting a timer? Uh, I'm getting ready to start a timer. Okay, that would be a good decision. What are we at here? Six, oh, we're, yeah, it won't be long, don't worry. So, um, yeah, so before we actually get into our discussion, we wanted to let you know that we're going to ask you a question um, kind of at the end. We'll tell you the question now, but just kind of be thinking about it throughout the service. Um, and it's pretty basic. It's just, you know, what's something that impacted you from this series uh, over the course of 2022? So you don't have to have an answer now. If you have one, great. Just kind of write it down in your notes or on your phone or whatever, and then we'll come back to that at the end. And we would just kind of love to hear from everybody just some of the things that kind of stood out to you that impacted you, um, you know, changed your perspective of God and, and the scriptures and, and these kinds of things. So. I've done all the talking. I mean, yeah, say I know. something. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Hi, Ryan. We, hi. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were actually going to do this thing where we were going to, I was going to call him Ryan. He was going to call me Brian just to oh, confuse you I'm all. Sorry. Um, we didn't do that. That's right. This is so. my uh, skinny white bearded Ryan. <laughs> I'm the other skinny white bearded guy named Brian. And uh, yeah, we're going to go through the one series. So I think you're first. So my question to you, Mr. Ryan Legg. Yes. Is uh, what was the one thing that stood out to you? from the series? Um, While you answer that, I'm going to set up the props. Great question. Set up the props. Okay, yeah. It's another great thing about today's message is we're going to be doing props. Um, one of the things for me, I mean, the kind of, kind of the goal of the series, and it kind of is right there in the name, uh, is that the, the Bible is one story. It's one massive story. Um, and particularly the Old Testament is one story um, that leads us to Jesus. And I think f for me that that was just really emphasized. I I uh, I spent I spent about five years of my life and tens of thousands of dollars uh, trying to wrap my head around the Bible, and so uh, I I I was able to uh, you know it's funny like even, but all the same I think just the cohesiveness of the story uh, just kind of really came through for me, and uh, basically I I just found that. Really, the Old Testament is kind of split up into three big events. Um, the, f the first one 
uh, I, I guess the th- I guess I'll talk about all three. The first one is the Exodus, and if you if you spend any time in the Old Testament, you'll find that this event gets constantly referenced. It's it's all over the place, and even the the way that the stories are shaped, um, they're often shaped in terms of the actual Exodus story. Uh, there's like usually some big bad power that's oppressing Israel, keeping them from being able to actually fully follow God. And then somebody comes in, brings them out of that situation, and then they wind up in a new place where they actually can do that better. Um, and so that leads us sort of to that second theme. So you think about the Exodus, it's almost like Genesis is like this intro up to the big Exodus story, and then they spend all this time in this massive desert road trip. And then there's a kingdom that gets established, and that's kind of the main, like, middle section. So that kind of, you're seeing a lead up to that in Judges and First, first Samuel. Like, it really happens in Second Samuel. We've been doing this devotional um, thing called Seeing Jesus Together. Uh, SJT. And, yeah, SJT. We, uh, and, and we're actually in Second Samuel right now. So we're right, right smack dab in that kind of, like, kingdom paradigm uh, shaping event. And then it all goes... So I should clarify, when I made these little signs, um, so this one says the kingdom, we specifically are referencing the United Kingdom, but when I said the United Kingdom, I was like, oh wait, that's a country. That's not, that's not what we're talking no, about. No, we're not the talking UK about... The UK is not in the Bible. Our we're British talking about friends. when the kingdom was still united as one yeah. kingdom. Oh, fluffy. Yeah. Stay. And, and you'd think that the project, the whole kingdom project thing is going to go really well. It doesn't. Uh, it goes horribly wrong. Uh, and, and, and then you actually, if, if you spend, just, I noticed how much the, the exile takes a massive chunk of the Bible. Like, you have all of the major and minor prophets that are constantly either talking about it's going to happen or it already. Predicting it or referencing it. Yeah. yeah. Or in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and then the other thing, too, is that you basically see those three themes set up right in the beginning of the garden. You have uh, God creates um, something, so... He creates a whole world and then sets up a garden. And then the thing that he wants the humans to do is rule and have dominion and be his image. So kingdom right there. Yeah. Uh, and then they end up getting tempted by Apple. That's right. Don't trust Macintosh. <laughs> uh, they get exiled they get from exiled. the garden. Yeah. And so the whole Old Testament, to me, just the, the fact that it, it's almost it's a story in search of an ending. Um, the question really is, you get to the end of the whole Old Testament story and you go, how the heck is Israel going to get out of this situation where they're kind of, they're not really in a great place, they don't have their independence, they're under a lot of oppression, and they're actually not even following God's law, and things are just a mess. And, and that's really what sets up the New Testament so that you actually have all those themes picked up. So that's, yeah. that's maybe a... And it all kind of leads to <clears throat> Jesus. Like, it's all pointing forward to this, obviously, yeah. Messiah that's going to, like, hopefully fix everything. Right. So that's kind of their perspective. And it's funny because... I had already known this before last year, but just kind of like the expectation was he's going to fix things politically, but that's not actually the way that Jesus dealt with things. He Mm -hmm. fixed it, you know, obviously more of a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But can I say something about that too? Yeah, yeah. What's crazy about that is that Jesus shows up and what's the main thing that he keeps saying? He's like, the kingdom of God is He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about this kingdom thing. So right there, right right out of the gate, you have this understanding that Jesus is recognizing that, that Israel feels like they're in exile they need some sort of exodus action that happens because that's the paradigm they're, they're working through like, as, as a nation and so that they can actually be in this place where they can love God and love people and honor and trust him and, and have that be coming from their very core. So you, and then I don't know if you guys remember the Peter, the first Peter series that we did like a year ago. 
right out of the gate, what does Peter call him? He's like elect exile. So there, it just, mm-hmm. just to show, I find that little three-part framework. You have like the intro, Genesis creation. Yeah, so like Genesis is that wall, and then everything leading up to the exodus yeah. is here. Then you have exodus to the kingdom, kingdom, kingdom the exile, exile, and then, you know, towards Jesus on that wall over there. Basically. Yeah, this whole new creation thing. So I just find like if you're in a, if you're in a story and you're like, man, like I don't, I'm trying to get my bearings, looking for one of those three themes, I, I find it actually, for me, it really helps understand, like help me figure out what a particular story is And about. it shows up all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. Now, Do you have any questions for me, Mr. Legg? Brian. Uh, you did, you told me, so when we were practicing for this, you told me about a really fun little experiment thing you did. We did a and thing. It, and it involved both the Old Testament and action figures. Exactly. So tell us about that. So, okay. I am, for those that know me, I'm not like a pen and paper kind of guy. I always prefer digital. And somewhere in October, I'm basically thinking about this series. I'm just like fascinated by this kind of big picture, the whole context of the Old Testament. And so I started trying to like just digitally like map it out for myself to try and wrap my head around it. And it was just like my computer just wasn't big enough. I needed more space. And so I was like, I need to just map this out on the floor, you know, uh, of my basement. And so I don't know how I got this idea, but somewhere along the lines, I was like, I'm going to use toys to represent the different figures or whatever. Um, And I involved my kids in this process. So we actually, we started with Uno cards and we did uh, generations. So we went all the way from Adam all the way to Jesus Um, and just like one Uno card per person. We went all the way around. We did kind of like a three-sided rectangle, essentially, in my basement, all the way around the walls. Um, And then we started replacing key Uno cards with the people. So obviously, you know, the first one is Adam and Eve, so we put, you know, naked Ken and Barbie, obviously, right? That goes there. (laughs) We had a little Noah's Ark set, so you put that at Noah. Uh, I'm pretty sure because Abraham was so old when he had kids, so we put Yoda, because, you know, Yoda's pretty old. And so... (laughs) Makes sense, right? Yo, Star Wars is going to be all over this message. (laughs) Anyway, so we just, we put like a whole bunch of toys. Um, But the thing was, it was like, it was so helpful to just visualize it in my basement. It was so silly. And I mean, it wouldn't necessarily help anybody else per se, but it was more just for me to kind of picture, okay, this is what's happening here. This is where things are in the story. And again, like my kids helped us out. So it was like, I remember at one point, David comes to me with like this little Lego bush with a Lego fire in it. And he's like, this is Moses. I was like, yeah, yeah, good call. You know, we had like... uh, Anna had a Barbie doll with, like, a rainbow skirt, and we put it on, like, a Star Wars action figure around his neck, like a poncho. We're like, this is Joseph. It's Technicolor Dreamcoat, you know. But well, can, I, can I pause you there yeah. for a second? Oh, what was your original reason for doing this? I like, just what? needed to see it. I needed to yeah. map it out visually. And, again, I, I literally I started with slides. I started yeah. on my computer, and I was like, this just isn't big enough because I'm, I'm going to be using size 6 font to try and get everything on right. a slide, you know. But, so like, why did you feel like you needed to see it? Because I, I, I think you came, you came into this series with a, yeah. a very different sort of relationship with the Old Testament yeah. than I did. Like, I, I kind of came in to, like, the Old Testament feels like an old friend to me. Like, I, I really I actually love You went to Old school Te- for the Old Testament. And, yeah, it's, yeah. right. It's, and I have it, a degree it, in Old Testamentology. Yeah. yeah, so, but, like, you had a different relationship with that, and I think your relationship with the Old Testament actually probably would resonate with a lot more yeah. people here than mine. So it was basically just, like, you know, classic Sunday school stories. And so it's like yeah. basically fitting in. It's like, okay, I know Daniel in the lion's den. I know Jonah and the whale. And I know, you know, Moses in the burning bush and some of these key stories. But it was just kind of like, where do they fit in this timeline? Especially with like, there was an exile, but there was actually two exiles because there's two kingdoms because the kingdom split at some point. When right. did it split? And it was like, okay, David and Solomon were kings, but then there was a bazillion other kings and just kind of figuring all that out. Um, and like who was kind of talking when, before, after exile. 
Um, it was funny because we noticed, so we set it up, we had three different pillars. This was essentially one of the pillars, but the other one was kind of Abraham is what we did. Um, but it was like we noticed that this kind of section right here is where like most of the famous Bible stories that people know are, right? So like Moses, uh, before that it's like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph in the technical dream code. You've got like uh, Joshua in the battle of Jericho. You've got Samson and Delilah. You've got obviously um, Samuel leading to Saul leading to David, leading to Solomon. Like, there's just so much classic Sunday school stories here, and obviously some over there. But it was like, this section here was kind of like, I don't really know a lot of, I know Daniel's in there somewhere, you know, but it was just kind of like seeing it, you know, putting the little whale toy on the ground and being like, that's where Jonah goes, you know? It was just helpful to visualize. Mm. And literally now, when people are like, they talk about the time of judges. I'm like, I don't know what the time of, But now I'm like, oh, it's that part of my basement. That's where the time of judges... Like, I can visualize mm. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's right over here somewhere. It's, yeah, it's in between when they were like, hey, we want a king. It was like this section. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. moving right along. Yeah. Um, so talking about the Old Testament and um, your degree in Old Testamentology, uh, you notice <laughs> there was some general misconceptions about the Old Testament and how it relates to the New Testament. Mm. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Um, I just find like, yeah, a lot of the time we, we spent, when we spend time in the Old Testament, it feels like going to another country. Like these people say really weird stuff. They have really strange expectations as to how the world and God and everything works. A lot of works. clothing tearing, I noticed. Yeah. Stop ripping your clothes. Yeah, yeah, people get upset. They just tear <laughs> their clothes over. You're like, what is, what is going on? Man. Um, but I just find like when it, when it comes to, even just sometimes I hear people talk about like even just the relationship between the relationship we have with God now under the new covenant versus like the relationship with God um, that, the, that Israel had under the old covenant. And then uh, the phrase like the, the term of the law comes up and uh, I just hear a lot of confusion uh, for that the people have about that. And, um, and part of that is because we recognize that as followers of Jesus, Jesus saves us from needing to obey God in order to have a, a secure relationship with him. Um, and so the thing, but, and be, partly because of that, and also if you, if you ever try to actually follow God's rules for any length of time, you'll find that it, it's a struggle. Uh, you have a desire, you have a tendency to, to yeah, to say the <laughs> least. Um, you, we, we have a tendency to want to do our thing um, and pursue our goals over God's Or we pick a couple of key rules and be like, I can follow those right. ones, you know, but then we just <clears throat> ignore a bunch of other ones, which is unhelpful. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things I would really want to just get people to remember and realize is that for both the Old, Old Testament and the New Testament, the law is always seen as a good thing. It is. It's, it's always a good thing. And if you actually think about that, that makes sense. Like, can you imagine a world where, where you just felt like, I mean, the, when Jesus sums up the law, he, he does it, two rules. Love God, love people. There you go. So, like, if, if you were just around people all the time who just made you feel like they were genuinely concerned for your well-being, like, and that was just the way that you experienced people in general, that would be awesome, right? Um, but like, and, and so the, the, the Bible sees that as always a good thing. Now, now what, it, what always sees as a bad thing at the same time is legalism. Right. Right. So if you follow these laws, then you're good enough. Otherwise, we don't like you. Yeah. Like le- legalism is, is basically when you say that it's actually my obedience, my law keeping, that's going to actually be the ground, the, the security, the power mm-hmm. that, that will 
essentially make me feel like I have it's peace the older with brother God. in the in the prodigal son conversation where it's like I've been here I've been a good person my whole life that's like, right you need to you need to give me salvation because I'm a good person yeah. yeah yeah I think the way that I would summarize it is is legalism is obeying to control your security with God which is actually very different from obeying because you already right have this is a different motivation with, with the same behavior yeah. yeah so really the question between the Old Testament and the New Testament is not whether or not you're obeying the question is, are you obeying from trust, or, are you, or, or do you not trust God and you're, you're constantly having to follow these rules, but you actually really don't like God and it really bugs you, and you don't you wanna have to do this, and, and so you're, you're constantly in this state of insecurity uh, about that. And I mean, one of the things that just really strikes me too is like you read passages like the, the longest chapter in the Old Testament, in the whole Bible, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 guy, he is stoked about the law. He just thinks it's, he's, he loves it. The law it. is the best. He's like, it's the best. <laughs> um, and he says, but, but it's funny because if you, if, you notice, if you notice the way he talks about it, he says things like, my soul, he's like, when my soul clings to the dust, he's like, I'm so low, I feel like I can't peel myself off the floor. He's like, give me life according to, not my obedience, but your word. And he says stuff like, this is my comfort in my affliction when things are going really wrong, that your promise gives me life. Um, and that's essentially what Paul says in Galatians 3. He's like, if, if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be the, by the law. Like, you would actually have to do, you'd actually gain a kind of security, right standing with God by your own performance, by your own good, good deeds. But, but actually, that's not the case at all. Um, in, in fact, when you t- basically do that, you end up turning the law into an idol, which is something that we will right. talk about a little right. bit later. But th- yeah, all that's to say, um, the law is always good in the Bible. Legalism is always bad. The law can't save you. Jesus does that. Right. Um, so you're not supposed to trust your own obedience, your own performance. That, that's not going to make you free. It's not going to make you secure. Um, but Jesus Jesus will. Jesus does. Yeah. So that's, I think those, that would probably be the, the, the biggest thing. Um, yeah. That's good. Got any more questions for me, Ryan? Yeah, I have, I have another one. Um, what was one of the things that stood out to you in this series? Yeah, so um, I tried to figure out how to kind of summarize this, but basically it was just that God is so trustworthy that he kind of knows what he's doing, you know? Not kind of. There should be no kind of. <laughs> yeah. God knows what he's doing, period. It's just culture, man. It's terrible. Um yeah, so it, it's funny because we were talking about in the New Testament, uh, whenever there's references to the Scriptures, it's like, well, they, they hadn't kind of compiled the New Testament at the time that they're writing that. So typically they're talking about the Old Testament when they're like, the Scriptures are good. Mm. Um, and uh, I just found this, I didn't find this, sorry, Ryan showed me this excellent verse, Romans fifteen four that says, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And so I kind of talked about this one I preached through Zechariah about like looking in the past and seeing God's faithfulness leads to, I'm pointing the wrong way with our timeline here. So <laughs> looking into the past, which is this way on stage, leads to, you know, looking into the future and having hope. Um, and I just, it was just mind boggling thinking about the fact that God had a plan that spanned thousands of years. Like that's just crazy to me. Um, and so like the fact that we saw Jesus, that was the whole point of this thing, is seeing Jesus all the way through the Old Testament. And, it, and we did, every single week. We talked about Jesus, again, through one of these Old Testament books. And it's like, it's all pointing to him, which means God had been working his plan the whole time. God literally promised Jesus to Adam and Eve. 
You know, like it, it was just, this wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, what do I do now? I guess maybe I'll just flood and we'll see if that works. You know, like he wasn't reactionary. This was, God had this plan going the whole time. Um, so it's not like mass, like thousands of iterations of the same project. No, it's, it's like not a computer program. 2.6 It's like beta program, yeah. Version 46.3. <laughs> right, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I was thinking about that song, uh, All My Life You Have Been Faithful, that we sing sometimes. I love that song. Because it's so helpful to bring us out of just the moment. So sometimes you're in this moment, and life sucks, and it's just not going great. And you go, oh, yeah. But if I look back at my life, I know that all my life you have been faithful. And so it kind of takes us out of the moment and makes us look at a bigger period of time. But this Old Testament series did that for me, but from a generational perspective. So it's like, it's not just all my life you've been faithful. All my parents' lives, God was faithful. And all of their parents' lives, God was faithful. And so on and so forth. And just kind of seeing, it's like, actually, God's been doing stuff for this whole plan. The person that actually stood out to me the most from this series, surprisingly, was Rahab. Because Rahab ends up being in the genealogy of Jesus, which I found because I had to look up the genealogy of Jesus when I did my Uno cards on the ground in the basement. And I was like, Rahab's in here. I was like, man, that's so awesome. Because you have this lady that's not an Israelite. She lives in Jericho. The the spies come in, and she has this conversation with with them where she's like, we all know that your God is the real God. We're all terrified that, you're, that you guys are coming for us. Because we've heard the stories, right? And so the walls fall down. Rahab ends up being joined into the part of the people of Israel and ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. And it's just like, it's such a small decision that impacted not just her whole life, but the lives of generations to come. Not just her kids and not just her grandkids, but us, because we're talking about it thousands of years later, right? That's like amazing. crazy. So it just made me think about like, from the span of time, I'd be like, don't take our decisions of trusting God lightly. Like Rahab literally in that moment was like, yeah, I, I trust that your God is the real deal. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to do, you know, what he says. And you end up making huge impacts throughout all of time on seemingly small decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing that really just kind of stood out to me. So, mm-hmm. um, Do you feel like that has partic- like that particularly hits you in the way that you think about, like, the significance of your life? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, thinking about, I mean, okay, so our modern culture, like the YOLO culture, is like, I need to experience everything in my life before my life runs out. Like, everybody knows your life is only so long. So it's like, okay, I only live once. I've only got so much. What am I going to do with this period of time, right? And it's funny because as Christians, we also need to kind of live YOLO. Be like, you only have one life, so don't waste it like an idiot, you know. (laughs) But from a different perspective. And so it's like, okay, I have to think about it in terms of, like, God's working this plan. I fit into this plan somewhere through the millennia. Like, here's my little sliver. It's like, what does God want me to be doing in this sliver of time, you know? Um, And just thinking about the most menial things from that perspective is just so huge. It's like, okay, when I go to work on Monday morning in my job and I'm seeing my coworkers, how does that fit into God's multi-thousand-year plan? totally. You know, like, it's just a completely different perspective thinking about things that way. Because that can be hard to see. Like, you can kind of be like, you you know, you go to work. so pulled into the moments. Yeah. And then something goes wrong, and you're like, man, what the heck? Like, I have Where's to, God in yeah, this moment? Yeah, where is yeah. God? Like, and modern culture doesn't really give you much of a big story to, like, see your own significance yeah. within. Like, you're kind of, you're born, you go to school, you have a career, have some kids, you retire, you die. That's and it's it. just very focused on, like, your life is just within your birth and death. And yeah. not thinking about it in terms of, like you said, like, grand scale, so... Totally. Um, the second thing that actually stood out to me, which we were kind of on the same page on, was just the fact that idolatry was such a huge deal for the Israelites in the Old Testament. Mm. Um, every time they were getting in trouble, like idolatry was always on the list of like things that they were doing wrong. 
And um, yeah, one of the things that we noticed was that it was always small steps. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember specifically one time Ryan was preaching about one of the books of the Old Testament. He's like, yeah, these guys were literally like sacrificing their children to <laughs> idols. And you're like, that is messed up. Yeah. But nobody wakes up one day and goes, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> like, that's just not a, you don't go from normal to that. It's a million little steps, you know? And so, anyways. Yeah. I mean, some people's kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. I'm not a story. Guys, that was a joke. Settle down. Wow, wow, wow. No, but you're right. Like, nobody goes, like, Did you, hear that? you know you what? Behave, all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys take me too seriously. Oh, Sheesh. my goodness. No, but, like, yeah, you don't, you don't go. <laughs> yeah, that's on the internet. Out of my yeah. mouth oh, my for the gosh. rest of eternity. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't. Please, that's not a good parenting technique. That's okay. um, we know you uh, Yeah, but like nobody, nobody wakes up one morning and be like, you know what? God's gonna really support me if I like light my kids on fire. Yeah. Um, no. Which is like literally what some of these people are doing. Like it, and it's there's a whole societal, there's a whole societal infrastructure that gets built around that. And we look at that and we go, like, especially because, like, there'll be, like, these metal statues that they're, like, seeing. That's the impersonation of the god. Like, the god is right there, although the god also is, like, you know, around and it's, like, the spiritual force. They have this actually quite complex view of, of spiritual reality. But I think, you know, we don't, we don't really encounter that very often. Like, I mean, the odd time if, like, you go into, like... I've uh, seen a couple of kids lit on fire, but not, not no? typically. Oh, no. okay. okay. <laughs> the odd one here and there. Um... Never. Yeah, but like, <laughs> never. Yeah, like you, you don't really encounter that kind of like statue-focused idolatry very often. In like, but I mean, we do encounter versions of yeah. dedicating your life and giving up right things. I mean, the the other time you will see like these statue-like versions. If you go to like, I don't know, like I remember there was a Thai restaurant I used to go to a lot, and there's like this little you know statue of like a, a little figurine, and then there's like some, I don't know a pile of oranges or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and. Yeah, that, like, idolatry totally still exists in that form in countries today. But, yeah, like, uh, idolatry really, it it starts in in the garden. Like, hu humans, I think, and, and this is something we totally want to get rid of, especially in our modern culture in terms of our pursuit of technology. And um, I don't know, some of you maybe even uh, be familiar with, like, the, I don't know, transhumanism movement, which is basically trying to, like, con connect, essentially bring technology into the human, like, personal oh, okay. system yeah, yeah, yeah. so that we can like transcend our limitations and even figure out eternal life stuff like that um the bible sees our our neediness our dependence our vulnerability as a feature not a bug um we're actually designed to be dependent on god mm. and and so when we feel i, th I think idolatry the, the way the bible portrays it is when we see that we don't have something we're looking for some sort of power that can supply what we lack and we've actually been designed at, at least the way the bible portrays it in the genesis one two three story um for us to find to get our support to rely on god himself as our father and as our king and as our creator the problem really becomes when we decide that or we we don't trust that he's actually going to support us with that power that we need and, and so that's, that's what Eve had in the garden. Right. right. Like, is the snake is like, God's actually holding out on you because yeah. he's, he's limiting you from eating this fruit and holding you back from your, you know, your true potential or whatever. Totally. And so in that moment, she, going back to the trust thing, she chose not to trust God and to trust something else. And that's, right. that's kind of baseline idolatry at that point. Yeah. At that point, like the, the serpent's promise is basically this. God's holding you back 
from, from being like him. Yeah. And the way, you know, you, you need to be like him to be wise. You need to be able to tell the difference between good things and bad things, don't you? I mean, he sent you here to rule this thing. So, like, if you can't do that, then what, what are you doing? And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, I guess he is kind of in the way. It's, it's amazing to me that it's, like, it, it's so obvious that the snake was not like, you know what you need to do is you need to just go, like, murder your husband. Like, it's not, right. like, violent crime where yeah. she's like, no, that's not wrong. It just sounds so true-ish, mm. you know, like the promises. Yeah. So sketchy. Totally. Yeah. yeah that, and that snake guy, I don't, I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think when you think about it that way, you go, oh, man, like, there's actually all sorts of situations where I find myself, I'm in a vulnerable position, and I actually, I, I was thinking about how this happened. I, I wound up in a situation like this where I committed idolatry last night. Uh, why are you even on stage? I know. Why, why am I even here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, so some of you don't know this, but I, I've recently got into the hobby of airsoft, airsofting, which is uh, a very fun, safe hobby. He where pretends you, to murder people. That's uh, what it's, uh, as one of my friends calls it, it's fake war. Um, <laughs> And uh, anyways, we, we were playing, and this guy uh, I was, who was on the opposite team, we were kind of making friends, and he, um, he was basically showing me his gun uh, towards the end of the, 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 the game because I noticed he was just really shooting really fast. And uh, he was telling me about how he had, he basically had a trigger system so that he could, he could shoot two bullets out of the end of his gun uh, instead of just the one. And you're only allowed one on the field that we were playing, one at a time, so semi-automatic operation uh, of, of the gun. Um, and he was like, this is my way of, like, essentially punishing cheaters. Which is really interesting, because right there, he's going, he's going, I don't trust that the rules are going are gonna to actually allow me to, to play this game properly. So I'm going to take justice into my own hands. And like so Batman. I'm, yeah, there you go, just like Batman. And, and, and then I'm actually going to do something wrong. and I'm going to break the rules in order to do this. And it's funny, because in that moment, I was faced with a choice. I could be like, well... I could just tell this, I could literally just tell ref, like, this guy's totally got a, a, a weapon that he, he can't be, ha like, operating with in this game. Um, but I kind of want to build rapport with this guy. I kind of want to, I kind of want him to like he me. We've, we've, been having, <laughs> we've been having a great conversation this whole game. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really want to ruin it right now. And, and so I was, I was, like, I sort of weakly suggested that he shouldn't be using that setup with his gun. But... And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, he kind of, but like, what I, really, what I, what I did, though, is I, I didn't love my neighbor in that situation. I put, I didn't trust that God would take care of me. I was, I was fearing this guy, um, thinking that that would actually be a better way for me to actually have a, a fun time airsofting, uh, instead of actually doing what I should have done, which is being like, dude, you gotta, you gotta change that on your, on your situation, uh, or I, I have to tell a ref because we can't have this. Th this game is only going to work if we do this. So that's like a really, really small thing where I was set with a, a choice between going, you know, do I go God's way and expect that, you know, things are like he's going to support me in the way that I need it? Um, or do I go my own way and try to f figure that out? And it actually led to me doing something, which is another uh, s like theme that you really noticed and really stuck out to you, which was I actually ended up doing something very unjust and not loving yeah. my neighbor by not calling this guy out. Um, so talk to us about, Brian, that, about yeah. that was so a theme you used to I noticed that um, idolatry and injustice often seemed to be connected. And I didn't quite get the connection at first, but just kind of this, like, every time the people in the Old Testament were doing something wrong, um, it was typically, idolatry was a big one, and also this kind of injustice thing. And again, I had kind of referenced this in Zechariah about how he was like, stop oppressing the poor, you know. Um, 
And so we kind of made this connection about how it's like actually idolatry ends up leading to injustice because if you think about it, it's like, okay, so if you're trusting in God, then you're worshiping him, that's great. If you're not trusting in him, then you're finding an idol in something else. Let's say your idol ends up being money. Then it's like, okay, so I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to serve that God, right, that God of money for me, which often ends up meaning doing things like stepping on other people to get yeah. there, often ends up meaning being less generous because I'm holding out because if I let go of that, then I'm, you know, losing out on what is important to me and what's giving me affirmation. It's giving me a sense of security and all of the things that kind of go with that. And that's just one example. But generally, this idolatry ends up leading to injustice. And we just found that like over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament, that seemed to be a connection. And so we're realizing it's like, you know, if you're actually worshiping God, then it's like you're motivated to love your neighbor as yourself because you're like, okay, God's loved me. I'm going to love others. And I'm finding my security in him. And so I'm not stepping on other people in order to get God's approval because I already have God's approval, right? Again, going back to that kind of legalism conversation. So, yeah, yeah, I just noticed that idolatry and injustice seem to kind of be connected. Um, and that, that's funny because that leads right into the gospel message. That, that is the gospel message. Mm-hmm. It's literally trusting, like, the, the law is, as you said, summed up in love God and love people. Idolatry and injustice are the opposite of those things, yeah. right? It's not loving God and it's not loving people, right? Mm-hmm. It's committing injustice against others. Um, and those laws are super basic and super hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, treat God like God. Yeah. And then just love people. Yeah. Like actually, actually genuinely. Yeah, you so think it's much easier said than done. Right. Yeah. And then it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reality is is like if if the law is just a bunch of like silly kind of abstract rules, um we kind of go, well, these are dumb rules, so like why well, do I need to follow them? But like when you recognize that the law that loving God and loving people is actually so good for you. Uh, yeah. it's so right. It's beautiful when that gets expressed in human lives. It's like it's like the best thing ever. Um and then when you realize just how consistently, both in little ways like that little situation that I was talking about with airsofting, but then also in really big ways, uh we fail to do that both on an in- individual and like societal level. You you realize just just how much of a mess we really are in. Um which is kind of the the indictment on humanity that kind of the Old yeah. Testament presents. It was funny because like I f- every time we're going through the Old Testament and you're hearing these stories of people doing stuff, it's like, man, sin is not new. It's not a new concept. <laughs> like, same old humanity problems, yeah. same old greed, same old lust, same old, you know, desire for power and all these things. It, it's just so classic, and we're just consistently so broken. Um, and it just makes you appreciate Jesus as the Savior so much mm-hmm. more because you realize, you're like, man, we are so broken and it's like the law is actually quite straightforward, mm-hmm. and yet we just we can't we can't do that. Yeah, because the Bible's solution isn't that you just st- stop it. <laughs> you know, just just stop it. You, you know, can just go ahead and not do that. Yeah, just great. just yeah. just you know, you should just try <laughs> harder. Um, the 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 Bible's solution to that is that somebody subs in for you. Somebody shows up, and and that somebody is actually the person that you've most wronged. It's, it's, it's that God himself becomes a human being and, and lives the life that you should have lived with no cowardice, no fear of man, no, no greed, no lust. And then he dies the death that you and I deserve um, in our place, wearing our jersey, you know, 
so that when God looks at you, when you trust that, and you say, I want to be with Jesus, I want to identify with him, I want to be a part of his kingdom, I, wanna, I trust him so much that I'm willing to obey him with my whole life. Um, I want him, I want to be a part of what he's doing. Um, when you trust that his, his gift for you, God, God looks at you and he sees Jesus. He looks at Jesus and he sees you. Because as far as he's concerned, you're wearing the same t-shirt. You're, you're like this, you're connected. And so that, that ultimately, and it's from that place when you have that deep, and the Holy Spirit comes in your life, he, he, he totally changes you from the inside out. And so you start to obey God not, not, in or, not because you don't trust him because you're trying to get security in your relationship with him, but because you already do. You already have that. And, and that is what makes the kind of brand new human um, that the Bible story, that God's, God's trying to, he's, he's about saving us. That's what that looks like. Um, yeah, so I, I just think that, that really that is the, that's the gospel message. That, that's kind of how the Old Testament in some ways, kind of sets sets that up, yeah, uh, for that to show up. Cool. So, um, yeah. So obviously, that was just kind of our particular thoughts. That was mm-hmm. basically stuff that stood out to us uh, when I sat down with Ryan to prep this. It was like I don't want to like prep a summary of the Old Testament. I want to just really talk about stuff that stood out to us. Yeah. And we would love to hear stuff that stood out to you. So. Yeah. If like there's anything in particular that, if you think about some of the messages, like things that about just God's character. His faithfulness over time, like maybe that, like what Brian was saying, and just about like, just God's long-term, consistent faithfulness to this project with human beings. I don't know. Yeah, if you this have mic any. is wireless, so I can walk to you. Yeah, y'all just raise your hand. Uh, I see that hand. I see that hand. I'm coming. Hopefully, I don't feedback if I walk. No. Nope. All right. Good. Sweet. Uh, state your name and your favorite color. <laughs> Corey and uh, Chartreuse. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I think the thing that clicked. Vic was doing a sermon, and uh, it was on mercy and justice. And um, I guess I just hadn't really those things hadn't seemed incompatible until I kind of thought about it. And it kind of yeah, it just made me think about okay, so you have a you have a law, a person who puts the law in place, sets rules, and then there are people, and someone breaks one of the rules, causing someone else to suffer an injustice. So someone now has suffered injustice. And then for them to come to the law provider and say, hey, I've lost something. For them to, like, get mercy, you know, for for the person who has done the wronging to receive mercy, it leaves the person, like, with still the injustice you know, like for the person to approach it and, and for him to just forgive that person and say, listen, I'll display mercy. And the guy's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm without something now. And it then really dawned on me during that message, right, the lawgiver is the one that then has to restore the other person. If he provides mercy to the person who has given, who has done something wrong, the mercy giver has to be the one that then raises the status of the other person. So it just dawned on me, like, that's why it had to be Jesus. That's why it had to be God. It, it, yeah, I mean, that's why those things can be compatible. Because the law giver, the mercy giver, is the same one who then sacrifices himself and loses something.
to give us something and restore our status. So that just kind of clicked for me. That's great. Who's next? Ah, Adina, yes. State your name. Edwin. Um, What stood out to me, and this was, I was getting so exasperated reading story after story after story where it seemed like the people were doing exactly the same thing over and over and over again. And I remember referring to them as them. You know? What are they doing? Why doesn't God just wipe them out once and for all? You know? I'm thinking about things like that. And on my paper at home, I drew this kind of graph, you know? It just went up and down, up and down. And, and the ups and downs were a bit smaller, then big. And, and, and I said that to God, why, you God, why didn't you just wipe them out? Look at this. I mean, it's just back and forth. And God said, do you think that is the same graph of your life with me? And I go, what? And to me, it was an eye-opener. Yeah. And I just came undone at his endless mercy mm-hmm. and grace for me mm-hmm. every single day. And I saw the likeness of me to the people. And if not for his mercy and grace, and his mercies are new every morning, mm-hmm. and his grace is sufficient for me. Mm-hmm. So that was my big take. That graph keeps coming to me all the time, and I, that's what I got from reading that whole mm-hmm. story. So good. Yeah, I had the same thing, actually. Just like, man, those idiots. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of do that. Yeah, it was from like a right them to an us. Yeah, eh? exactly. Yeah. Any other, uh, any other thoughts? Yeah, yeah, in the back. I see that hand. I see that hand. State your name. My name is Jess. I'm hiding in the back here. Um, something I was reading, I was reading a, like a mom book, a parenting book, um, just more so like loving. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why. I was just, anyways. Yeah, why? Um, but it was just something, it, was, it, it went so well, this, this thing I was learning from this mom um, with reading the Old Testament. And it was just like, she was encouraging the moms to never stop reminding and repeating things to their kids. And it was like, what a weird thing to, and it was like, but no, but we happen to be going through the series. And it was like, but look at the Old Testament. Like, you, like just what Adina was saying. You're like, honestly, again? Like, but then it was like, as a mom, I was like, how many times I've been like, how many times do I have to repeat myself? And it was like, I just felt like God was saying, um, <laughs> I was talking to Brett, right? My five children. But, but I, I literally, in that moment, was like, I heard God say, like, and how many times do I have to remind you, Jess? Yeah. And I was like, it, like Edwina is saying, it was just like, just so beautiful how the Lord paired those together to remind me, like, the, this Old Testament is so important. As a child, of, like, as me as a child of God, but as a mother raising children, it is just like, man, what a, he is the, the great father. I am, uh, as a mother, as a child, I, the Old Testament was a beautiful reminder of the mm. need for reminders, not just for children, but also for us. Yeah. And is it good news that, like, he's not, he's so happy to repeat the reminder of grace, not just the warning, you know? I just think that's, that's such a good observation. Thank you. Any more? Final call. We don't have to. All right, cool. Dudes are looking around. Um, 
yeah, so I just, I just wanted us to kind of walk away from this not, um, just honestly, not forgetting what God has done in city gates in the last year. Mm-hmm. Just from a perspective of going through this Old Testament and thinking about, it's not just like a, oh yeah, we did that series, we've moved on, okay, now let's go to something else. We are obviously, you know, moving on to another series this year. We're not going to do that again. Don't worry. Um, but uh, yeah, that we would not just kind of move on and leave that in the past, but that it would be something, uh, as Jess said, that we would be reminded of constantly, and that it would be something that's sort of stuck um, stuck in our heads. I know, yeah, that basement toy thing was silly and ridiculous. Yeah, would you recommend that? <laughs> if you got a basement, go for it. Uno cards, action figures, it's worth it. So, um, But yeah, just that it would be, that. I mean, I guess I can kind of close in prayer, but that would just be my prayer, that we would just be reminded of this and that we would not forget. Uh, yeah, we went on a road trip. So. Don't want to forget it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the landmarks and all the things along the way. And so now as we're reading, you know, through the Old Testament, through the SJT, when we're getting little bits, it's like we're seeing, you know, where it is in the context. So, um, yeah, should I just pray, I guess? Yeah, let's pray it out. Sweet. Okay, cool. God, we just thank you so much that you love us, um, not just individually, but God, we thank you that you love City Gates and um, that you're working on us. And so, God, we just trust you. We see that you are a trustworthy God. We can look into the Old Testament and see that you're a trustworthy God. And we can look into our past and see that you're a trustworthy God. And so we look forward uh, with hope, knowing that you are still leading us. God, we thank you so much for the gospel. We thank you that that was not a a last-ditch effort or a a beta program, a a test. But, God, we know that this was your plan from the beginning um, and that it is a good and perfect plan and that we can trust in the salvation that Jesus gives us. Um, So, God, won't you just continuously remind us of that, remind us of your amazing grace and mercy that you have for us, your patience for us as we continually mess up again and again. Um, And, God, just help us, give us grace in our day-to-day walk to live um, the way you want us to live. So we just ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Go in peace. I don't know how you end this. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Um, Don't we do this commission thing? Oh, yeah. We are... We are... Helping, helping people, people find, find and follow, follow Jesus. Jesus. Um, yeah, so remember we, who you are. Don't run away. We have coffee. Yeah. Chill and chat. See you guys. Thanks for listening.